This is RAF with Tony Tone and LA. Yo, what's up? This is your boy LA, aka the Love Ambassador, coming to you straight, live, and direct from the Jungle Studios. And now, joined by the one, the only, the legend, the up and coming greatest podcaster of history, Mr. Billy. What's up, man? Hey, welcome back. Been a minute, bro. Yeah, it's been a long time. You're gonna have to tell us all about your your fantastical trip. Yeah, I'm ready indeed, to hear. Mate, indeed. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's been been a couple of weeks since I've been away. I actually went to the kingdom of Eswatini uh, to save people googling it. It's a small independent country within South Africa, a bordering Mozambique, so Southern Africa. It is uh, run still by the absolute monarch, one of the few countries left in the world where the king rules the roost for everything. And, uh, yeah, polygamy is legal. So every year here in August, he has a reed dance where all the Swazi girls uh, get topless and, uh, you know, parade in front of him and he chooses a new wife every year. So not bad. Not bad at all. And the actual country itself is very rural. So it's basically majority uh, small farms. Uh, and they also do sugar. So there's, like, sugar plantations everywhere as well. Mm. And the whole place is surrounded by those massive mountains. So... It's a very peaceful country, about 1.2 million people, uh, very nice people. Uh, and, uh, yeah, look, if you want a place to really relax uh, and just kind of go off the beaten track, definitely worth it. Uh, and I would also suggest to the music lovers going around at the time that I went, which is in May, because they have a massive music festival called Bushfire there um, across multiple stages, and it's got all the top DJs from like, South Africa and around the world and everything like that. And then after that, I uh, travelled to see my homies in Zimbabwe. I was there for a week. Now, before we had this conversation, Mr. Philly, I said to you, uh, you need to buckle in. So, yes, met a beautiful woman in Swazi. Shout out to Sade. Um, you know, very special woman indeed. Shout out to also uh, our brother. Mazwa and his yeah. wonderful now wife, Vasily, which I was the best man at the wedding for. Beautiful Ooh, wedding and everything like that. I don't know you're a best man. But, uh, yeah. You didn't I tell me that. I started off as groom and got promoted, bro. Yeah. Oh. Get this man, buddy. How'd you get promoted? What'd you do? Oh, I don't know, mate. I, I, I helped him. Uh, I, I basically helped speed everything across for oh, his, okay. uh, his wedding, mate, you know. It helped all the planning. Oh, so basically, I can drive around like half of this with Tini myself now. I covered that much. I covered that much ground. Oh that, wow! Um, yeah, I could drive myself, bro. Literally, like we went back and forth between like Manzini, which is a smaller cap, the second biggest city, and Imabani, which mm-hmm. is the capital, and that stuff, which is the like industrial center. But when I say cities, it's like, bro, it'd be like. Ugh. It'd be like a town, mm. a town centre in USA. Well, no, it's not nothing there. There's like one. There's like one big office building. Is like four stories, and then like a shopping mall, 
but even the shopping malls like a tiny little sort of market area. Mm-hmm. So it's mate, it's it's unbelievable. It's it's really a place you go just to to get off the beat and track and, and enjoy life. Um but I promised you some stories, mate. Yeah, so let's, let's go to Zimbabwe it. and uh okay, let's uh let's buckle up and begin. So I fly into Harare or Mugabe Airport and I get off, land around night time, about nine PM, uh get into Zim, thanks to the customs, get into the car, see my homie, and uh he starts driving. So we driving and driving and you know, get into this really dark area. Right, like no street lights, nothing like at the side of the city. It rolls down the window, starts chatting, and I'm like, What the heck's going on here? Like, okay, turns out he's taking me to the red light district straight off the bat, so he's just cruised around and talking to all the street ladies as they're like yelling out prices of you know, extra this, and I'll take both of you <laughs> and whatnot. So I'm like, oh, Okay, cool. Well, yeah. start, and he was like, "Oh, come on, Jimbo, you know what are you, what are you being so shy about?" And I was like, "Bro, there's like street workers, man." Like, anyway, so he kind of driving off and saying, "Oh, you know, good on him. Yeah. It's a hard job that they've got to do, and everything like that." And then we cruise into uh, the University of Zimbabwe. So I spent a lot of time actually at the university. Um, a lot of young fillies walking around there, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I pull up, and then my buddy's like, "Bro, we need to play a prank." And I was like, okay, cool. And he goes, uh, I want you to walk into this girl that I know, uh, and, and just pretend that you've seen her of, of, of TikTok and say she likes white guys and, you know, you've come to, you know, take care of her. So I'm like, all right, cool. We'll just do it. So we walk into the dorm, right? I walk up to her and I'm like, hey, you know, what's up? Just heard you like so-and-so tag of TikTok. You like white guys, rah, rah, rah. But mm. then she actually noticed me off one of the video calls. She's like, oh, Jimmy, you know, what's up? It's good to see you. So I'm like, okay, that didn't quite work. So then we go to the next prank. We were like, okay, hide in this chick's bed because she's never going to expect a white dude, like, jumping out behind the bed sheets. So I hide, hide underneath the bed. Mm-hmm. She comes in, ironically the same name as my sister, right? And then I, <laughs> I jump out from out of the bed sheets going, ta-da! And, bruh, like, she's jumped, like, 50 metres in the air. So that prank went well. But then the next day, we're like, okay, I own, I, I part own a, a 35-tonne Komatsu excavator. Uh, so big boys, you see down the mine sites that dig up all the gravel and dirt and everything like that. Mm. So we go check, check in on this, on this gravel site, and it's not working at the moment for whatever reason. And I would talk to, like, the pit bosses, and then I get to use the excavator, and it's just, like, massively powerful. And then I can't remember some other things transpired during the days. And then it gets to the night time. And at night time, my mate's like, we've got a call. We've got to go to the gravel pit uh, to do this job. We're going to get paid cash, right? But you've got to come with me because it's like we're literally it's the middle of the night. So here yeah. I am, this white dude, right? This white Aussie dude cruising through Harare, Zimbabwe, you know, <laughs> obviously with its history and politics and everything like that. Yeah. And I'm in this gravel pit. With basically my mate and about four other dudes, right? And I'm thinking, I'm literally in stones. Like they could shoot me and bury me here. There's like no questions asked, you know? I'd, I'd just disappear. But the dude doesn't bring his money, right? Mm-hmm. So we're like, where's the money? He goes, oh, I'll pay you tomorrow. Give me the well, give me the machine, I'll pay you tomorrow. We're like, no, nah, we need the money, bro. Like, 
we can't give it to you for free. You could disappear tomorrow. Now, anyway, long story short, um, he changes the deal on us four to five times. And I just got to the point where I was like, hey, I, I just said to him, mate, I'm from Aussie and there's an old saying. I said, you can't bullshit a fucking bullshit artist. And I said, all you're doing is changing the fucking deal. So I said, we either have a deal or we don't. And then I said, are you going to give us the money you don't? I said, no one in the whole entire fucking world, no one in the world rocks up to a job with no cash. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, especially in the business you're in. Then he goes, oh, I'll call my boss. I'll call my boss, right? So I talked to the boss and I was like, mate, this is shit. He goes, all right, I'll come around with the money, right? So by this time, I'm thinking, God, this is starting to get pretty hairy. We're outnumbered here. So I asked for the keys to go to the car because we've got a baton. We've got like a huge police baton in the car. And I'm like, I need to arm myself because if this turns, like I'm I'm not going, I'm not going out in a fucking gravel pit, right? So mm-hmm. then so then the big boss comes, and by this time we've already driven off and he's like pulling us over. And I was like, mate, you you blokes are off your effort head. This is just fucking ridiculous. Like this is the worst bit of business I've ever seen. And and then I was like, where's the cash? And he goes, I don't have the cash. I said, well, mate, you told me you're going to bring me 150, 200 bucks cash. Where is it, right? And then they're like, oh, no, we paid you for this job and you didn't do it and breakdowns and rah, rah, rah. And we were like, no, actually we worked three days extra. So then the pit manager, right, yeah. goes, starts threatening us. Like, you don't know who I am. You don't know who I'm connected to. So basically, you got he's threatened to get gangsters on to bump us off in the middle of the pit. So yeah. I'm like, bro, whatever, man. I said, listen, I said, yeah, you the job is done. Home. You're already in a pit. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. I'm halfway home, right? <laughs> I'm halfway home, and, I, and I'm right, and I'm right next to one of the main army barracks as well, right? So they could just get the buddies over from the army, and you know, like twenty cents. So then, so then I'm like, oh, yeah, right, fine. I was like, listen, bro, I, I just there's no, no point in threatening me and my mate because you don't know who my mate's connected to and he's like very highly connected, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no point. I said, secondly, my other best mate, right, is like insanely connected, right? So if we're really going to start comparing apples and apples, like don't do it. And I said, thirdly, like you got no idea who I am. I said, I'm the best in your country. Uh, I'm being polite. I don't want to be involved in anything. I just simply ask him for some money. You guys are just fucked. But I said, you don't know who I am. You don't know who I'm from or where I'm from or my history or anything like that. So I said, let's just take hands and move on, you know? So then we move on. And eventually we're like, nah, next day they said they were going to pay us, but didn't. So we're like, okay, we've got to get get those up. We've got to get the excavator. Next day, right? By this time, the chicks of University of Zimbabwe have caught it on to this kind of good-looking white boy around. So they're blowing up my mate's phone every day. They're like, oh, you know, can, can we get with him? Blah, blah, blah. We, you know, we want him to come around and everything like that. But meantime, yeah. I made the decision because I've, I've kind of scoped out the premises and I made the decision, oh, you know, I'll fly this girl from Swazi because she's super cool and I like her and everything like that. Oh, so, you know, I've been for a couple of days and whatnot. Yeah, so things are going well with her, so I thought I'd fly around. Mm-hmm. So then the next day comes, and my buddy's like, okay, uh, there's there's another client, because we're basically cruising around. So we did two things. One, we're cruising around looking for business for our excavator, and two, I was like, look, I've got some money. Let's mm-hmm. start building your machinery up, because you, you've got uh, trucks that are sitting in the yard not working. You've got dozers, bulldozers, uh, 
everything like that, right? Low, mm. low end trucks and whatever. And I was so the money you can make in, in Zim to put in perspective is a lot in Australian standards. So you can make four hundred to five hundred US dollars a day, which is like seven hundred Aussie. So if if you get a yeah. if you get a contract for your excavator, you can clear easily about three thousand three thousand uh, dollars US a week. Which yeah. is four grand Aussie, so it's up to two hundred thousand dollars a year Aussie yeah. cash if you just get one long contract. Sure. And same with the trucks, like the trucks is like same. It's good money in the trucks. You can earn hundred fifty or whatever it is. So there, there's like genuine. There's genuinely a lot of money in this in this business, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so we go. He goes. Oh, I've got this guy. Uh, I can't say his name for reasons you'll understand afterwards. So. He goes, oh, I've this guy and um, he owns some land and he wants to maybe use our excavator for the new land development projects, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a construction boom going on in Zimbabwe. It's a weird country, man. Like the government's basically going, nah, screw you. We're not giving anything to the people. We're going to take it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the whole entire economy is on mining, construction, like um, the diaspora putting money in and buying stuff. So there's like, Billions of dollars floating around. So there's a shitload of cash, man, but it's just not in the official records. So when people go to Zimbabwe's economy is rooted, like it kind of is for the people that are on the streets, but then there's a whole ton of people that are making millions and billions of dollars off. Yes. So I go, yep, okay. So we go in, find the place, we go into this like compound, basically. The guy's mm-hmm. like our age and or my age, and he goes, yep, cool, come upstairs. We walk in, bro. It's like James Bond, John Wick films. So you know when James Bond walks in to see, I forgot the guy's Q or whatever, and it's all the weapons and guns and everything like that? Yeah. So the whole place is full of fucking guns and ammunitions and grenades and everything like that. I'm talking M16s, AR-15, fucking sniper rifles, Uzis, AKs, um... Whatever gun you can imagine, mate, you know, and top, fucking top, top spec, right? Like top spec, right? Mm. So it turns out this dude is the biggest legal guns dealer in the whole of Zimbabwe, and he sells 95 So 95% of the market, he supplies illegal firearms. Mm. So well, me and my boy are like, whoa, well, we didn't know this, right? Yeah. So we're like, oh, I, wow. So I'm sitting, and it's like immaculately presented, man, like immaculate, mm. like super high-end. You'd think you're in like America, you know, and some New York collectors or whatever, like really classic presentation. Mm-hmm. So then we go to the next room, and it's full of shotguns. And he, we sit down, and he goes, look, guys, I need to have this seat. I don't mean to be rude, but I need to see the security camera, right? Yeah. And the compound of everything like that. I've been watching it at all times. His brother's sitting outside and whatever. So we start chatting and he's going through, okay, this is gold, this is diamonds, this is the margins, this is land, this is construction. Because I said I want to invest, right? And uh, he was, so that's the, the popsicle business I was telling you about was the other thing on the side, right, was with this guy. So then, like, so then we're chatting, 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 and then he calls this dude up, and he was like, "Hey, bro, you know, there's two seriously shonky guys out front, right? Like dodgy men, like yeah. dodgy, dodgy dudes, right? 
So I'm looking at the wind. I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the CCTV camera, and even I'm like, "Yo, this these dudes are this. This could be a hit, right?" Yeah. So I turned to the guy. I say, "Listen, man. I said, I'm I'm not fucking getting run up in here. I'm I'm not going to have these dudes come in shoot the place, and I'm not getting home to my <laughs> mum and dad." So I said, "If it's going to kick off, hand me the shotgun." Right, and I'm riding with you all the way out, man. I said, I don't care how many people are buckshot. I said, if it's going to come down to me and them, we're getting out of here. So just so you know, mate, if it does kick off, hand me any any weapons, and I'm and I'm and I'm there, bro. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm like in the middle of a guns dealer, right? Meantime, yeah. my mate's like, bro, my mind is so blown away right now. My mind is so blown away. I can't believe there's all these guns. Wow, what's going on? And I'm thinking in my mind, mate, when you're around a gun dealer, you're supposed to be cool, calm, and collected. You know? You can't be giving away the game. you got to be just like, yeah, I've seen this before. No worries. He gave it away. So then he was like, yeah. So then when I said that, he was like, oh, yeah, this bro, he's, he's solid, man. Like, he's literally solid. He's like, nah, like, so people come shooting it up while I'm here. Like, I'm with you, bro. We're going to shoot our way out of here. So then he's involved mm. in all other sort of businesses. He's involved in fuel and land and gold and diamonds and farming and basically, he basically, he came and his brother and his dad basically run like half of Zim, right? Wow, okay. Like half of Zim, they run half. Of Super nice guy. So I'm gonna WhatsApp him tomorrow, tomorrow, and just say, you know, thanks for having me and everything like that. Yeah. So then he's like, we also do diamonds, right? Oh. So we go into this vault. So we go into we go into this like den into this vault with like multiple uh locks and doors and everything like that right and then he's a mm-hmm. diamond merchant so we're sitting there and he's just chatting about life and we're joking around and rah 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 and like then he's just unveiling these massive diamonds in front of us right so his huge diamonds and he's checking the carrots and i know a little bit about diamonds as well uh so i was kind of like having a look and checking it out um, so yeah, that went in, and then that's with this pop school thing. I mean, I talked to you about it off camera, right? But that's that's kind of where it came up because he had this other thing just sitting on the side where he used to make icy pops. Yeah, and I was like, bro, like there's a machine sitting there, like you know, get me the price and crank it up and let's start moving, you yeah. Know? So, yeah, but he, he so then went then from gold and diamonds sorry? to he said, went from gold, diamonds, guns to icy pops. <laughs> Icy pops, yeah. Very that should be the name of that should be the name of our podcast today. Gold, <laughs> di- gold, diamonds, guns, icy pops. Icy pops, <laughs> icy pops yeah. That's so awesome. there, and yeah. so we're, we're like literally looking at these like carrot big diamonds, and he's like, oh yeah, you know, like my uncle owed us some cash. We're rah rah rah. It's family, it's his <laughs> business, right? Leave it off the air. But he goes, we've actually got oh, when you walk past that whole warehouse is full of all the icy pops. Machines, what trucks? My cousin owns all the petrol stations and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, cool, bro. So then, yeah, but like, I felt a little bit sorry for the dude, right? Because he's like, he's a nice guy, good businessman, like, very hospitable, very, like, very, very hospitable, you know? Yeah. Uh, genuinely, genuinely like the guy, right? True. Um, straight shooter. But I mean, just so stressful, you know, like, oh. just having to, Constantly be on edge, you know. Constantly on edge. Like even when you're standing at, when he's seeing you at front, outside is like on edge. You know, he's watching everything going on. Jeez. Which I understand. I mean, it's you know, you've probably got millions of dollars in there, right? Yeah. Look. 
So anyway, we keep going because there's more stories. Oh, jeez. So then, <laughs> so then, like, uh, I head the up. So the next thing is, the next thing is, I I, I go for. Uh, I want to get this truck up and running, right? So it costs mm-hmm. me about two grand for a new engine. So I end up going to this place called Gaza, as in Palestine, Gaza. It's called the Gaza Strip. And what it is, is it's all full of, bro, it's like, it's like freaking kilometres of old trucks and wrecks and spares and people have got their sheds set up selling mufflers. Mm -hmm. Anything you can imagine, like car seats, fucking dice for your window, you know, like full works. So we cruise around here. And they've never seen a white dude there before. So people are looking like they've seen, they call them suds of ghosts, right? Like people have never, never seen this before, right? Mm-hmm. So then even all my buddies and my meme groups are like, bro, what are you doing up in Gaza? And I'm like, mate, I'm like underneath trucks. And then and then my homie was like, oh, we need to be strategic because like if we walk across to the other guy, they'll say they're stealing customers and fights will break out. And then some hobo dude like came up and started to try and hug me and i was like man relax and then my mate's like oh he's taking a real liking to you and then he's come Aww. back and he's like <laughs> and then he's come back and he goes oh I, I will call you my brother i will call you i will send you a mail you're a very nice man you're a very nice man and then i walked away and my mate's like what the, what the heck's going on and i was like oh it's from when i lived in Perth. i got so used to being with like around meth heads that i don't judge them i'm just kind of friendly to them yeah. You know, like, I'm just, I'm so used to being around them. Everyone else is, like, rude and pushing them away and telling them to wear fog. But for me, because I, I lived in the area where they were all at, I was just like, day, mate, how you going, rah, rah, rah. So we're cruising through this Gaza, right? Mm-hmm. Then we come through. Then do other bits and bobs and whatnot and, you know. And then the next day we go, uh, so, yeah, so we fly, I, fly the, I fly the Swazi girl out, right? So all kind of exciting, like me at the airport, rah, rah, rah. And then uh, my buddy's like, look, we need to move We need to move the excavator, mm-hmm. right, from the ditch. Oh. So then what ends up happening is I go 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 to this truck depot, get in the truck with a Rastafari, you know, some people that don't know that, it's like the Jamaican dudes, the huge dreadlocks. Yeah. So this like this rust, we literally it's called rust, right? So we get with rust and we go into this, Big B double man, huge tray because this it's a big thirty five ton massive, right? So it's yeah. a huge machine man, it's huge, fucking massive. So we get in the truck and we're in the back streets, right? We're in the the dust bowl area of of H town, right, on the outskirts. Mm-hmm. So then we start driving, and then there's this Ute that's just like stuck there. So basically, the bloke after Friday night has taken his missus to the side road for a bit of a bit of what you would call uh, hanky panky, right? Ooh, okay. So he's taken her to the side road, the hanky panky. So me, I'm I'm running shotgun with Rust and the big big B double, right? And then this dude refuses to move his use. So there's this mm. huge truck, and it's like ah 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 ah. And then it's so he's like, nah nah, I've got to <laughs> got to finish my BJ. Like you you go f yourself. So then Russ gets out. It's like, bro, come on, move. Anyway, we get in. We get to the excavator. Meanwhile, meantime, remember this this chick I've left with one of our friends to like, you know, take care of and whatnot. Yeah. So then, so then she's like, okay, it's cool. You got work to do. I'm thinking it's gonna be a twenty minute job. The excavator breaks down to the gravel pit. The battery doesn't work. 
because what happened when we had the argument with the gangsters was the yeah. driver left the, basically the ignition on and drained the battery. So me and my homie are stuck in this gravel pit with the Russ and the other dude. Eventually, we eventually the owner of the truck company comes with a battery, doesn't fit, doesn't work. So then we have to undo the car battery, put it on, get the excavator started. Right? She's a beast of a thing, right? Yeah. So she starts up. So I sit shotgun, right? So I sit physically on the excavator as it's moving around mm. next to the cabin to guard on the rocks and everything like that. Then we get it to the truck bed. Then the guy who we thought was the operator for the truck to get the dozer on, the excavator on, he goes, yeah, I'll jump on. He fucking crashes the excavator, right? So the excavator tips over. It, like, gets locked onto the tray bit and can't get it off, so my buddy has to jump off. Mm -hmm. Then we eventually get it on the tray. Then the truck breaks down. The 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 hydraulic the hydraulic thing of the truck breaks down. So then at 1 a.m. in the morning, we've got to go try to find the hose or whatever it is to try to get it working. Mm -hmm. Then we've lost our car keys, so we couldn't find our car keys. So um, my mate's ex-missus was around the corner, and this is an important thing. Mate's ex misses around the corner, right? So she goes, oh, yeah, I'll just come around with my bro and I'll give you a lift back to, to see, like, James can go see his girl and whatnot, right? Oh, yeah. Eventually at 3 three a.m. in the morning, we, we just like, nah, it's not going to work. We'll take it up tomorrow. It's fine. So then okay. we have to find security in a fucking gravel pit because we've got about 200 grand. We've got our, 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 our excavator's worth about 70. Yeah. US, yeah, uh, and then trucks probably like let's say 30, 30 plus what, so you got 100 grand or whatever. So then the guys are driving through the gravel pit and then the surrounding like township mm -hmm. to try and find guards to pay off, right? Jeez. Eventually, about 4 a.m., we get back to where my chick is, we put her up in a hotel, right? Pull yeah. her out of the hotel, and then, um, and then the so the next day is uh where it starts to kick off again. So the next day we meet up again with the with the the, the ex my mate's ex missus right yeah and, and my buddy uh, the original the actual original Tony Tone of the podcast comes around you know we catch up and everything like that so he's yeah. getting out a kid and whatever so it was a kind of really nice catch up so eventually we decide to go out to the dam like there's a really nice dam area where it's kind of like the you know, you look with the African Americans, how they have like the barbecues, all the music pumping and dancing and all that sort of stuff. So it's like a similar mm -hmm. thing in Zim, where they just go to the dam and it's got all these festivities of like um, uh, the, the what the the line, the what's it called, the the lot where you go in the line and it goes like twenty kilometers an hour, whatever it is. Over. Yeah, and then there's like old boat act boat boat activities and everything like that, right? So yeah. we head in, and then my other buddy's like, "Bro, I'll lend you my four-wheel drive to take, right? Because we've got a shitty little, shitty little uh, Yaris. Like we've got a Toyota hatchback with no wheels. The wheels are faulty, and tires are bust, and everything like that. So I end up buying my mate new tires for his car. So we get there, right? So I'm going well, taking some nice pictures with the girl, and having a moment, and then buckle in. This is the next story. I'm buckled. I've been then, buckled. So then this chick, who's the ex-missus, grabs my dude's phone as yeah. he's, like, talking to one of his, like, just friend, right? Mm -hmm. Starts abusing the chick on the fucking line, steals his phone, locks herself into the car, 
starts fuck? going through all his numbers, calling all the women and everything like that, saying you can play C U and T, everything like that, right? Calls um, the mum. Oh god. Calls his mum. Calls his mum, says, Oh, I'm gonna kill myself over your son, and he's a shit and rah rah rah. So starts going off at the mum, right? Who's just yeah. this old mate, the mum's an angel. Like, good Christian woman, bro. Yeah. Her mum's a complete angel. Man. Fuck. And then so she starts going off the mum of this and that and you don't know who I am because she's tied to the government youth league and everything like that. Mm. So then she's, like, going off. You don't know who I am. I'm going to fucking sort your son out. Like, rah, rah, rah. So then I was like, oh. bro, I, I, he can't get his phone off. So I sent my girl in to try and get the phone back. And she was like, nah, she's just gone fucking rogue. So eventually we're like, okay, we don't even know what she is. She's just calling the phone, abusing everyone. So I was like, mate, what yeah. do you want to do? My dude was like, look, let's just go. She can get a brother to pick her up or something like that. So we just boot. It's about yeah. 30, it's about an hour's drive out of out of H town. We were like, no, nah, this is just shit. Boot. So we're driving back and we're about to go to this like club because my girl was like, look, the whole of Friday I haven't seen you. Uh, three quarters of Saturday I haven't seen you because you've been out working with your buddy. Because we were out getting checking on the excavators and everything like that, right? Yeah. So we didn't get back till two p.m. So she goes, "I've been, I've, you've invited me to the gym. I've basically been sitting here chilling out, like rah rah rah." Okay, cool, right? She goes, "Then you've got this chick that's gone nuts." Well, it gets better. Ten minutes left. I'll, I'll hurry it up. So then it's still in the court, so I have to be careful what I want to say. But basically, this chick calls up his ex missus calls up another one of his girls. And says, let's meet, right? The other girl in hindsight was a bit naive, but she's like, okay, I'm cool. But then she's a bit scared, so she hires a security guy to come with her, right? Meanwhile, the bloke's mum's like, oh, fuck, are you okay? Like, what are you doing? Is it going to be safe? You don't know who this chick is or whatever. My dude later on is like, yo, what would happen if she pulled a knife and tried to knife you? Because she's cra- clearly she's crazy. Right? Yeah. Anyway, they meet up and start chatting, rah, rah, rah. She tries to get the phone back. She tries to do the noble gesture of the right thing and help him do it out, right? So he comes along. Then she splashes, the ex-missus splashes red wine all over him, right? Starts cussing him out. So he walks away. Then as he walks to the car park, she runs up and she starts assaulting him. So she punches him like four times in the face, right? Four or five times in the face. Okay. Then afterwards, he obviously he claps one back in defense because she's just not, bro. She bro, she's not stopping. Yeah. Like she's not stopping. She's just she's fuck, bro. She's fucking wailing into him, Jeez. not stopping. So his only his knee-jerk reaction was like kind of like a punch push, then walk away. Yeah. I'm sitting in the car as it's unfolding. So I know the other chick that she was talking to, and I see this other chick getting into my car because I'm driving still driving my buddy's four-wheel drive, right? And his missus is calling us like, "Where, where are you? Like, we need the car." And I turn around and see my body, my buddy defending himself. So then I'm like, "Oh God, what, what oh. the flip?" So then I was like, "I don't want to get out of the car," but at the same time, it's bro code, right? Like everyone starts gathering around my mate, saying, "Oh, you hit a woman, rah rah rah," and he's going nuts. And I'm like, "Dude, there's now like twelve people against this guy. I need to just get him out." Yeah, I get him out, right? Probably shouldn't say it, but, you know, all the legal disclaimers and everything like that. I see he's got wine all over his shirt, and I'm thinking, fuck, well, maybe the bloke's been just fucking nicking redos. I need to get rid of this shirt off him because if he's got a red wine shirt on him and he's hit a chick, 
automatically it's aggravated alcohol assault or whatever. It wasn't the case. He was actually sober. It's just that. So then I've got that, and I was like, he doesn't. He can't have any wine in the car, or like you know, need to get him sorted. Right, right, right. So then everyone eventually comes around, like, nah, actually, you know, the chick was nuts, and you know. So we go to the police station. Well, actually, what happened was we went to the police station initially to report the stolen went to the club, this incident happened where she hit him. So then yeah. we had to go back to the police station to get the same cop, Charles, to come <laughs> to try and arrest the chick. And went back again. So then I'm like, okay, my girl's by now like, yo, what the flip? So she's like, look, I just want to dance. So we go, we start dancing. The other <laughs> chick that was that was meeting the ex-missus comes like, and dances or whatever. Right. So we start <laughs> fucking dancing and everything like that. Yeah. And then uh, the, the the girl like the girl's like yo can you can you can you kind of go outside and get get the get get our friend right because in the yeah. car so I'm like okay cool that makes sense but I'm like I don't really want to leave my chick I haven't seen her I haven't probably spent any time with her just going out tomorrow okay so I go down I see he's talking to these guys and I walk up and I'm like oh look, I'm sorry to interrupt the conversation mate can I just have a couple of minutes and. And uh, I just need to chat to you. And then dudes like turns out these dudes like I can tell straight away they're gang they're gangsters, bro. Yeah. They're gangsters, bro. They're like proper man. So I'm like I've got to be polite to them. So they're like, nah, my brother, it's cool. We're just talking about what happened and everything like that. And then the dude's like, is everything okay? And then he looks at me and he goes, ah, oh, you. And I'm thinking, ah, oh, okay, here we go. So then he looks at me, we start chatting, and he says to my friend, usually I'm a racist to the core. I hate white people. Oh, but okay. this dude, but this dude is a fucking G, and I've got his back no matter what happens from now on because oh. the way he handled himself with you as your friend, he said, bro, he goes, that he goes, we we couldn't ask for a better soldier, right? So then he was like, and I was like, look, man, I don't mean any disrespect. I really thank you for your kind words. But I said, man, to be honest with you, and it was true because my yeah. girl was pretty. So all the dudes are hitting on my girl in the club, right? All of them, like all of them. I'm not, you know, the usual trying to keep them off sort of thing, right? The dudes yeah. are shooting this shot left, right. And I was like, dude, to be honest, like, I don't mean to be rude to you, but everyone's hitting on my girl, man. I just want to go back. I want to take my boys so she could dance with the chicken. He's like, my brother. <laughs> You are now with the what do do gang, right? It's like gold. They're tied to the gold gang. Which is, <laughs> so, so he's like, you're now, you're now, you're now part of the blah 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 Burt gang as an honorary member. Uh, and he goes, my brother, if anyone touches your girl tonight, we will fuck him up. And then dreadlock dude with the chain behind me he goes, yeah man. He goes, we will. He goes, anyone touches your girl is over for him. No one messes with our crew, man. We run this. And I was like, okay, cool. Thanks, man. <laughs> and he goes, okay, my brother. My brother, okay, come. So then it was like a fucking movie. So he puts his arm around me and he goes, walk with me, my fam. So yeah. we walk in. All the security guards take a step back and let this dude through, right? And then the guys yell, like, he's with me. He is with me. So all the security guards are like fucking fist pumping, like, all right, bro, we fucking got you. I walk into the club. He was like, man, walk around with me two times. See what happens. So I walk yeah. around the club with this dude two times. He stands next to me with my girl, right? But no one came near me for the rest of the night, nor my girl. Like, no one touched me at all. 
Yeah, they were obviously the dude was like proper, proper connected, right? Yeah. And he was right. like, if you have any trouble with your excavating business and you need to get your money back, you call me. We take care of each other. And he goes, you, my brother, you are a, you are a unique man. <laughs> it was just like, you are a real fucking gangster. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool, no. mate. Just trying to get laid. Just trying to get laid. <laughs> So then the next day, like, we end up going to the cop shop, doing all that stuff again. Then yeah. we go to the hospital because he's got to go to the general hospital because he's got cuts and everything like that. Oh, and my buddy teaches me a lesson because I fall asleep listening to music with the windows open. I'm not used to pickpocketers because I'm an Aussie, right? Yeah. But yeah. as I'm asleep, my dude steals my phone as a lesson. And I wake up like, bro, I can't find my phone. Do you know where it is? He goes, no. Can't find it, mate. Anyway. About 20 minutes later, he goes, mate, I actually took your phone. You're a wide wide asleep. He goes, people steal phones here, mate. So, uh, yeah. Okay, shit. So, they did that. And then, yeah, in terms of uh, – in terms of, we keep it a Christian channel, but the hanky-panky was uh, was beyond amazing for us both. Oh, hanky-panky. But, <laughs> oh, but it got better because then the, the chick that met up with the ex-missus, she got so pissed at this, she started to like – well, she wanted to drive and then she had to melt down mm. and then – we started throwing like Corona bottles into like my mate's parents' places, door and everything like that. It was just fucking anarchy. So yeah, and then uh, eventually bounced, man, and got bounced. But then it kept escalating because the two people political. So my buddy was prepared to go right up to like the top dogs. But it got him, mate. There was like there was all sorts of deputy, ex-deputy ministers, and everyone else involved in this shit, bro. Yeah, it just went, you know. So it's a minute thirty left. That's my story. Otherwise, Zimbabwe, don't be put off. It's a generally beautiful country, lovely people, heaps of stuff to see. Victoria Falls, women are beautiful, cool people, safe, everything's fine. You know, um, by all means, go there as a tourist. I will be definitely returning to Zim, and uh, yeah, look, absolute wonderful country. Don't believe the hype. It just so happens that I, I had an experience where I, yeah. Got involved in everything from gun dealers to gangsters. And joined the, to, yeah, and joined the gang. <laughs> yeah, and, and and chicks from universities in Zimbabwe wanted to just come to Australia with me and everything like that. So, yeah, that was, that was the yarn, mate. 50 seconds left. All right. Well, it's definitely a lot to digest. So we'll have to go into uh, maybe if any follow-up on the new, on the next podcast because we're, we're running out of time. But it definitely sounds like you had a quite the adventure. Yeah, man. All right, yeah, brother. Glad. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I'm glad you got back. Okay. Yeah, me too, mate. It's close. See All you, right, brother. Dude. Bye. Peace.